0: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jodar and Dokan Cabin. Order your new two two one Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low rate AP or finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.
1: You're very welcome to late lunch this Tuesday afternoon. Great to have you with us on the show. Lots of chat, music, and more besides over the next couple of hours. Let's get straight to business today. He's probably still best known as musical director of The Late Late Show during Gay Burns' era, but he's a most talented musician, piano player, arranger, conductor, composer, and he's going to have a chat with us now from his home in Dunshockland in County Meath. Frank McNamara, welcome to Late Lunch.
2: Good afternoon. How are you, Jerry? You well?
1: I'm really good. Great to chat to you again. It's been far too long, I have to say. Well, you know what I'm thinking, Frank, when you talk music and you, you know that song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. I think that's Frank McNamara now. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, i you know, I often say uh, when, when asked, what is my best point and my worst point? I usually answer the same thing, and that is I'm absolutely, totally stubborn. <laughs> so I never say die. I never give up. I, I always get on with things. I get on to the next thing. No matter what, uh, what adversity prevails, I um, I, I, I just... But somebody said to me one time he says, you're going through hell don't stop there You want going to keep going
1: <laughs> so true so, Frank wise words but look we're chatting you today because recently you were talking to Brendan O'Connor and you've been all over the papers and magazines in recent days as well about mm-hmm. your most uh, recent challenge in life and can I say this to you Frank Frank mm-hmm. you got Covid uh, back last year and it, it was a shocking tough time for you and long Covid etc but in an ironic Way it revealed something else health-wise that probably saved your life.
2: Well, exactly. Well, well, it it, it reveals first of all that I had uh, mild emphysema. Uh, I've been uh, I've been telling that my cardiologist because <laughs> prior to all that, I had a bit of a a small bit of an issue with a blockage, and uh, uh, but that's that's only very minor. Mm. Um. I've been down the cardiologist. You know, we a bit short of breath, and he said, "Ah, you're out of condition. You need to lose weight and get fit." And I said, "I don't think it's that. You know, I'm out, I'm out of breath." And uh, uh, eventually, when when I got COVID, then of course they did a CT scan of the lungs, and the consultant said, uh, "By the way," he said, "You've, uh, you've a bit of emphysema uh, as well." Mm-hmm. So it was great uh, to find out that because it's a it's a progressive disease, and and. There's, while there's no cure for it you can you can stop it progressing mm. and I'm on a, a daily inhaler which which is, is helping yes. I think a lot. Mm. And uh and then uh, unrelated to COVID, uh, in July I, I was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. That's the esophagus of the food pipe. Mm. And uh, I was having trouble swallowing food <laughs> which uh, I, I was always very fond of my food. And uh sometimes very things like steak or something like that would just get stuck And uh, I I wouldn't be able to get it up or down. And uh, if you Google that, the two main causes of that are one, cancer, and two, um, uh, not chewing your food properly. Yes. And I'd had some teeth removed, and I thought, well, that's probably it. My chewing teeth are gone, and I'm not chewing my food. Therefore, two and two is four, so it's not cancer. Mm. But uh, it was, unfortunately. But... um, it's it, uh, well the great thing is I've lost three stone weight. <laughs> um, well, you don't have to go on back on to your
1: consultant government. now. You don't have to go back to that consultant and say, "Listen, uh, by the way, I've taken that on board. It's just happened now as a as a, an offshoot or a side effect of this."
2: Yeah, try <laughs> say it again.
1: You know, it's happened as a consequence of what you've been through. So you won't have to go back to that consultant you mentioned a few moments ago and say, "Listen, I've been out walking the streets or running marathons."
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, it's 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 fantastic um, to to uh, you know, people are so terrified of cancer, mm. and uh, the one thing that like people were praying for me all over the country and all over the world. One one uh, fantastic priest. Sadly, he died on Christmas Eve. Um, he said mass for me every single day since uh, since last May. God. Every day, he yeah. said mass for me. And uh, and that helped me get through, uh, you know, get, get through it all, uh, all of that, knowing that there's was such love and support out there. Mm. And um, it, it, it's, um, you know, it, it, people are so frightened of, of 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 cancer; they don't want to talk about it. Mm. You know, they don't want to talk to me about it. If I if, if I said to somebody, uh, you, "I've I've had a diagnosis of cancer," nine times out of ten, they say the wrong thing. You know, they don't know what to say. Yes. And they, they panicked. And in that panic mode, the number of people who said to me, oh, yeah, my my brother, my uncle, my sister-in-law, whoever, mm. uh, my friend has just died of cancer. Mm. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's really yes. But um, you know, they don't know what to say. And no. the one thing I prayed for myself was that I wouldn't lose my hair, not for any vanity reasons, but it is a huge thing to to uh, to lose your hair because... Everyone knows the look of that chemo look, you know. There's the bald head suddenly and, you know, and, and then people avoid talking to you because mm. they don't know what to say. Oh, God, your man must have cancer. It better, Yeah. You know, keep out of So, way so Frank, of thing, f- you know? Frank,
1: for listeners today, you touch on something really important there because I, I, would, I struggle myself. What's the best approach?
2: Just to talk about it, it's not necessarily a death sentence, you yes. know. And, and what people don't realise is that we have fantastic cancer treatment here in Ireland. We're very, very lucky. Um, uh, the best best treatment, I would say, in the world. Like, mm. um, the surgeon that I was lucky to have is one of the best by far in the world. Uh, William Robbins is his name. He's based in Beaumont. And uh, for, for this uh, particular speciality, the esophagus, he is absolutely unparalleled uh, worldwide and uh, mm. very, lucky to, very lucky to have him. Yes. And the chemotherapy gets better and better all the time. Yeah. You know, like you have visions of people being on chemotherapy and puking their guts up every day and stuff like that. It's not like that, you know. Mm. You get fantastic drugs to, they, for the side effects, you know? You, yes. know. you feel nausea coming on, you take them and they mm. work. Mm. And, uh, and and positive attitude is a huge part of it. Yeah. You know, my sister said to me, she said that because she had... Uh, a problem uh, many years ago, like 20 years ago, a similar problem. And uh, she said, a nurse said to her at the time, she said, the people who lie down and die, die. And the people who get up and live, live. Mm. And it's very, very true. You know, uh, and I don't blame people for being down about it because you're you're being told, I was told by everybody, you're going to have a tough nine months, you're going to have a tough eight months, you're going to be on the floor, you're going to be wiped out, you're going to be this, that and the other. And you start believing it after a while, right? mm. you know, you start mm. thinking, oh, maybe I... No, I'm tired now. I just lie down and and for the first two weeks of, of chemo, I um, I lay on the couch and watched everything that Netflix had to offer. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was looking around the TV room and looking at the walls. Oh, Jesus, they need to paint. So I went out and bought paint <laughs> and I started painting the walls. <laughs> Good idea. Then I got curtains and pull up curtains <laughs> and new curtain rails. It was taking me forever to do it, but I was doing it. And, and then I started practicing the piano. And uh, you might say, we should not be doing that anyway. And, I, and no, I haven't practised the piano properly for 40, 45 years, really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, practising classical music. And uh, so on my first eight weeks of chemo, I, I, I spent that learning uh, a, a huge piece by Franz Liszt, the Mephisto Waltz Number 1, which anyone who knows the piece uh, or has ever tried to play it, it's, it, it requires an immense amount of stamina, and, uh, and energy, and, uh, and, and, and technical. <laughs> it's tech, very, very difficult. Yes, But it's a fantastic piece at the same time, mm. and uh, very exciting. And I learned that um, while, I was on, while I was on chemo. And uh, it, the chemo was a huge success, by the way, when, when they took out the, they, the operation, uh, William Robb took out most of the esophagus and part of my stomach, and then he pulls the stomach up into the chest, uh to replace the esophagus so there's no there's no spare parts put in they they uh, just uh re-retool your own parts they stretched and, it a bit uh, yeah hmm. but um the uh um yeah, uh, your, your operation was a uh, so success
1: and then you have the chemo are you finished chemo frank
2: I uh, well I have one more session I should be I should be finished I should have been finished uh 2 weeks ago yeah um uh, last monday uh, fortnight but didn't I get chemo? Didn't I get uh, COVID again? Oh Lord! <laughs> just Lord. before Paddy's day, the day before Paddy's day. Yes. Uh, and I was very lucky because I, I was on chemo, and because um, because I was because uh, uh, I have emphysema, I qualified for this wonder drug that they just have out now, um, it, it, which is uh, an infusion of antibodies mm. uh, directly. Uh, designed for uh, the Omicron uh, variant. Yes. And uh, after seven hours, it went from like a bad flu symptom to a mild cold to nothing. Oh, great. I was so lucky. It was Mm. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. And I I, I wish everyone could have it. But um, it's apparently very expensive and you have to be... uh, you have to be on a certain list to yes to to the in a category yes
1: it. yes I understand that and I, look at I talk about getting a lot done when you were going through the treatment you're about mm. to hit the road in June with the your wonderful son JJ.
2: Well, we talked about doing this three years ago, and uh, I, I you know I'd had the idea since then, but. I wouldn't have been ready to play then, mm. and then the pandemic hit and everywhere closed down. There was no live music for a couple of years, as you know. Uh, but people used to always say when well, they hear JJ playing, and he's a wonderful pianist. He really, it's very gifted and, and very talented, and a very exciting player. And uh, he, um, when he plays somewhere, people would always say to me, "Oh, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree." Yes. So I had this idea. Why don't the apple and the tree? go on stage together and uh, do a joint concert. Lovely. So he plays Beethoven, I play Beethoven, he plays Chopin, I play Chopin, he plays Liszt, I play Liszt, and then for some encores, if we have encores, uh, we'll play a couple of things together, four hands and one piano, we'll have a big track with that. But it's very important to us that it's not like your typical stuffy classical concert. Yes. So that's not who or what we are, you know, we, we like to have fun with the audience and yeah uh, make it interesting and exciting and 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 also we want to appeal to younger people too mm, mm, you know mm. it's it's uh jj did a, a concert a few years ago in uh, moldova with the national symphony orchestra over there he played the tchaikovsky piano concerto for, for a live uh, tv and radio broadcast mm. and the, there was an audience in the studio and the average age of the audience was probably 23 brilliant and uh, it was brilliant to see that, yeah. you know. It was just a different, different culture and a different education, and, and yes. so on. And uh, like people, you know, think, oh, classical music. I don't know, what I like that, you know. But like, Beethoven was the was the daddy of rock and roll, mm. and and Chopin and Liszt were pop stars in their day. I mean, they were huge pop stars,
3: mm.
2: uh, particularly Liszt, and uh, travel the world, and and uh, you know. They, they, they were they were massive, massive stars. Yes.
1: So uh, yourself and JJ are bringing the Apple and Tree Tour to a new, younger audience, hopefully a mix of ages, of course. That's well, a uh, mix of ages. Well, yeah. We
2: insisted uh, we, we yeah. that all venues would offer a family ticket. Great. A family of four can come for... Lovely. Tickets plus tickets. And
1: dates, dates will be coming out sooner? Or are they out already where you'll be? Uh, have they been announced? Uh, yeah,
2: it's, all the dates are on the appleandthetree.ie. Lovely. We're playing in... Um, we're playing in, in Dundalk, in Anton, in Dundalk on the 30th of April, that's a Sunday, yeah. uh, at 8pm. And then we're doing the solstice on um, uh, May the 20th, uh, Friday, May the 20th, uh, solstice and, in Navan, And we're doing St Peter's Church, the Church of Ireland oh, in beautiful. Bronwyn, yes, uh, at 3pm on Sunday the 22nd. Brilliant. Uh, that's uh, an afternoon, an afternoon performance.
1: Oh, for, so you're right across uh, the northeast with the tour coming up. Look, just before you go, uh, I want to ask you this: <clears throat> Your uh, financial struggles were well documented, and thank God that worked out for you uh, in in 2019. Mm. Do you ever link the stress that you all went through uh, with your illness?
2: Well, <clears throat> I have no doubt that it was a contributing factor. I mean, I, I've been I've been told by the doctors that the the cause is not hereditary. It usually is caused by acid reflux. And, um, but of course that can be caused by stress. And 12 years of stress can can do a lot of damage to, to anybody, I suppose. And uh, I, uh, my my uh, respiratory consultant in, in Blanchardstown Hospital uh, said to me, he's a Greek man actually, and uh, he said, that um, you know, we have two brains. When he heard I had cancer, he said you have two brains. He said you have your thinking, logical brain in your head, but he said your emotional brain is in your gastric system. It's in your tummy. It's in mm. it's in that center core of the body. You get a pit in your stomach when you're worried. You get a fright. You feel it in your in your stomach. Yes. You uh, you know if you're if you're stressed about something, you feel it there in that center. Core in your in your gastric system, mm. and uh, yeah, I have no doubt that it was uh, a contributory mm. contributory factor. My God, but, you were you know the other the other side of it on the positive side, like, uh, we went through hell, but it helped me prepare me to get through cancer. Yeah, you know, mm. I mean, I said to the con- uh, consultant the, uh, the the surgeon, I said, you know, I've been through things in my life where. I didn't know if they would end. I didn't know certainly when they would end. But I said, no matter how bad this gets, I know it will all be over at the end of March. And, um, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel right from the start. And uh, so no matter how bad it gets, I know I can get through it. I know I can withstand it and I know it will be over and it will pass.
1: And it has. Great message, Frank, to finish with today. You were hit, of course, with the perfect storm in financial terms, I know, but thank God that has worked out and you are heading back on tour with your son JJ for the Apple and Tree Tour which is fantastic it's lovely to catch up with you today wish you well say hello to Trees as well for us I and will, thanks for joining thank me
2: thank you very much Jerry. God bless you
1: not at all take care of yourself bye bye that's uh, Frank McNamara there who's been uh, through an awful lot in his life in recent times but such a positive man and getting back on stage short mm-hmm. Louise you know the little calendar sayings each day on the calendar you have a, a yep. little saying for the date what about this one Viagra can keep cut flowers standing up straight for up to a week longer than normal. <laughs> Louise, that's a wind-up, isn't
4: it? it? Well, I've never heard of it. I,
1: n- I just can't, like, I see them every day, but that one certainly caught my attention.
4: Would anybody out there waste a tablet to try it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that oh you're a devil you're a devil you really are with your ways to be tablet to keep your flowers standing for up to a week longer Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. 1800 658 your answers by whatsapp or text seriously
4: though, I've heard of a coin put a coin into a vase of water and that's meant to help flowers last longer
1: any particular type <laughs> of coin uh,
4: like a like a Two pe- Like a bronze coin.
1: Oh, bronze. Yeah. So it has to be a bronze coin.
4: Mm. Or a spoonful of sugar. I've heard that too. But I've never, ever, ever heard of Viagra.
1: Never heard of this. And I that's kind
4: of it. a, you know, that's a calendar that's
1: mm. pretty reputable. Well, like, yes, yes. Now, yeah. And now that you say that, it there must be. Well, it does the job in other things, Viagra. So perhaps the flowers love it as well. I'll give you a tip for keeping them fresh. When you get your cut flowers, put them into your vials or vase. And after a few days, make sure you change the water, right? Mm-hmm. Changing the water. Don't let go. Change the water every two or three days. But as you change the water, get a scissors and cut a quarter of an inch off the bottom of the flowers. All right. And put them back in. <laughs> and it revives them again. They get lower in the vase each time. They're Probably down to nothing.
4: I was going to say, you'd want to have, you'd be changing the vase every time. From a big vase well, to you know, a small vase. I'm thinking of
1: daffodils that are generally <laughs> tall. You can take a bit off them. But that does help them last longer. I, I know that. Any tips for keeping your cut flowers fresher for longer? including if you've used the Viagra tablet, (laughs) 086-1800-658, we'd love to hear from you. But you see, Louise, that saying, look, was on... Yesterday's calendar, the fourth of April. Mm-hmm. You weren't here, so Thank let me you. say belatedly to you, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why. Yes, it was our Louise's birthday yesterday. Had you a nice day? I thought
5: I escaped. Ah well,
1: you see, you never escape. You never escape. And had you a nice day? I had a nice yes. day. Great, great day. Lovely. And that's great to hear. I hope you had a real happy day. I know you had. Yes, you had indeed. And the family, owned oh, and the children delighted and celebrated it with you. And that's great. It's lovely. It's lovely to have a, a nice day for your birthday. So, you see, that's why I kept that as well. Just to remind me <laughs> it to mention it was the date, it not you. the thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, the date. Oh, the date. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, the date for sure. Yes, Just let's clarify that. that. But did you know, Miss Louise Walsh, are you ready? You have mm-hmm. the song queued there. Yep. You can hit in a minute. That on the day you were born... On the 4th of April, (coughs) (laughs) 1970, something. This song was number one. So, this is for you today for your birthday. Oh,
4: thanks, Cherry. I didn't know that.
1: There you go.
0: If you hate me after all I say, can't put it off. off." Just gotta tell
6: her.
1: Jerry, I had the exact same diagnosis as Frank, your first guest there. Have to say, too, Mr. Robin Beaumont was simply brilliant. I'm flying now. Frank told the story fantastically. He did indeed. Thanks, Sarah, uh, for getting in touch with us. And Rose has been on to say, Surely, Jerry, that saying on the calendar should have been on the 1st of April. It's an April fool. Viagra, keeping cut flowers. Fresh for Longer. Well, we have an update for you in a while. Uh, Louise will be uh, telling you what she's found out since about it, Rose. So stay with us to find out more on the show. We move on this afternoon. And when I tell you that my next guest has just been named winner of the Irish Portrait Photographer of the Year at the Irish Professional Photographers and Videographers Association Awards. And uh, I can tell you this as well, she's no stranger to picking up gongs either. I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Rashida Keenan. Hi, Rashida.
7: Hello, Jerry. How
1: are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Well, congratulations again, but I'm just looking at your CV 2019 Creative Photographer of the Year, Portrait Photographer of the Year, Professional Photographer of the Year, back again in 2021, Open Creative Photographer of the Year, runner-up in the portrait as well. You know how to win these awards, Rashida. <laughs>
7: Thank you very much, Sherry. It seems um, it seems pretty surreal. Um, it's been it's been a, a good year, um,
1: for sure. Yeah, a good few years it is. Your signal's a little iffy there. Can you move about a little for me? we just get you a little clearer. Yeah,
7: can you hear me on?
1: Yes. Just a little more there and I'll, we'll just keep going with it and see how we get on. Look, um, your story is a fantastic story, Rashida, in that you're a relatively late comer to photography in your life.
7: Yes, that's correct. Uh, I got my first camera when I was 31, so that was six years ago. Um. Before that, I actually worked in healthcare. I was an occupational therapist with the HSE, um, working in County Meath. But um, some people have already heard this story before, especially those within the photography community. Um, But I always had a passion for photography. Um, Loved photography from a very young age, um, but only, only really took up photography after I started to have my own children. Um, So my husband bought me a camera for um, my daughter's first birthday Um, and I never really looked back. Um, Six weeks after buying that camera, um, I had left my job as an occupation therapist and went back then to study photography.
1: <laughs> by God, there's no holding you back. A woman with her mind made up, she says goodbye to one career and hello to another. And I by know. God, you have you thrived and succeeded. So you were 31, your second child Arabella was born and your that's good man Ivan bought you the camera. And that's where, where it all began.
7: That's exactly, that's where it all began. Um, I just fell in love with it truly. it doesn't feel like work um, it's something that I just when you look at the back of the camera and you know that you've captured something special mm. it's a feeling that's so hard to describe but it's the best feeling I'm sure there's other photographers out there that are listening that can relate to that, that feeling when you look at the back of the camera and you think to yourself wow mm. that is a really special photograph um and it's a feeling that I really, really enjoy and, and, and look forward to the next time that I get that feeling and it just keep, it just keeps me going. Um, it doesn't be like work. I absolutely love mm. my job
1: isn't that fantastic but you have obviously you know i know when you were younger uh, and you mentioned this uh, as well that you used to buy those disposable cameras when you got your pocket money and you know the disposables and the pictures would be developed yes. and you love that but there was obviously yes. something latent within you that lay there for a long time because look at there's a, a, a skill in this there's a knowing in this there's an intuition isn't there
7: yes yes absolutely um it just came natural though like yes there is obviously a skill and there's a lot of like technical aspects to master um but there was always something there um i was always creative loved art at school um and like i don't know it, it just it just came natural to me the, that mm. moment that i picked up a camera i couldn't put it back down again mm. i was so eager to learn um, and like within that first year of, of buying that camera i was out working as a photographer um so yeah there is there's obviously a lot of technical aspects to learn but um it, it, it came natural it's yes. it really very
1: Mm. I've been uh, uh, enjoying some time this morning, uh, musing through your various portfolios on your website. Check this woman out, folks, Rashida Keenan, photography.com. Will you see what uh, Rashida has produced? But family, childhood, wedding, maternity, Oh, the pictures, I'll tell you, they're just simply fantastic. I ain't surprised you're a multi-award winner. What did you win for this time? Was it a single portrait shot or a portfolio?
7: No, so basically I won the first um, category um, of the Irish Professional Photographers Association Awards on Sunday. Um, And over the course of the year, there was three heats. And in total, there was 900 images entered. Mm. Um, So it's pretty hard to get an award in these these heats. An image has to be really something special and pretty much technically flawless. Um, and basically you have to have three images awarded to become a finalist um, and be in with a chance of winning the Portrait Photographer of the Year. Mm. So in total, out of the the heats, throughout the year there were three heats, I actually had 33 award-winning images um, and in total I think there were 10 finalists in the portrait category. So it was really tough. It was, a, it was a tough category, mm. um, and the competition went, and the talent um, that we're producing in this in this country it was amazing. The photographs were amazing, so for me to win this mm. um, was really something else. Um, so I'm really proud of it. Um, so, yeah,
1: so it was, it was fantastic. So. Yeah. And so what you're saying to me as well, it's a range of your work that eventually arrives, you know, or takes the judges to the decision to award uh, the this prestigious award uh, to yourself. And um, in, in, in winning it and, and, you know, as I said, you've performed brilliantly in 2019 and 2021 and again now in 2022. Does it, uh, you know, raise the bar for you personally to strive to do better again? And also on on, on the second aspect of this, surely it's a, a great acknowledgement for, for business and work.
7: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yes, it does. It certainly makes me want to continue to improve because I know, like, obviously, I'm not in this industry a, a long time. There's, there's people in it a lot longer. There's a lot more that I can learn. And I know that I can improve and do even better. Um, And I'm eager to do that. I'm eager to learn. Um, But yes, it is a great acknowledgement. You see, to be sat in a room full of your peers um, and to be acknowledged for your work, um, it's an incredible feeling. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it it is. um, And it's lovely. And like my clients say to me all the time, um, I could, even for weddings, for portraits, they, they all mention it to me when I'm like, shooting with them, they congratulate me so and there's a great respect for that as well, Yes. So, yeah, no it's just been brilliant.
1: Now you come from Warren Point originally, from a family of seven children, a busy house uh, and y- your mum you loved your mother and she passed away unexpectedly when, when you were still at school, you were you in college?
7: Yes, um, no I was at secondary school Where you? I yeah. in the Secret Heart in Yarri, mm. um studying for my L levels and um, yeah, mommy. Mummy got second. And I suppose that was kind of a, a pivotal point in my life and and then with my own children came along.
1: Um yeah, so hmm. you have four of your own, is it at the four kids, Four yeah. children. And I have to say they, they provide fantastic <laughs> subject matter for your <laughs> photography. You've had plenty of opportunity to practice at home.
7: I certainly have. I certainly have. They are my greatest inspiration, bring me the greatest amount of pleasure and um, and they are the reason um why I have this camera and I'm doing so well. Mm. And so I have, I have to be thankful for that and all the joy that they have brought they have brought to me yeah.
3: and
7: to our family. So yeah. yeah, I look forward to showing them all these images when they're older and we mm. look back and we'll laugh and mm. I'll tell them the little stories behind the photos and yeah it should be
1: <laughs> it should be interesting, yes, and you know, as the old saying goes uh, a picture speaks a thousand words, and that will never change, no matter how technology advances or whatever. when you look at the images, oh my God, you can just see so much and read so much into them every time. Isaac Arabella, Violet, and Noah, your children, and of course, it all began with Ivan, who gave you that first camera, and away you went. Yes. <laughs> Family matters. It certainly does. Listen, Rashida. Lovely to talk to you today. Congratulations again on you. your wonderful award. It is truly exceptional to be named Irish Portrait Photographer of the Year. And again, you can check out Rashida Keenan Photography dot com. Continued success. Thank you for joining me.
7: Thank you. Take
1: care now. Take care now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, that woman. Have a look at her stuff. <laughs> she's just... I'm not surprised she's top of the pop. She's simply brilliant. Late lunch, LMFM Radio after the break. It's time for Hour 2 on Tuesday. A drop of bleach in the water, Jerry, a listener says, is great for keeping your cut flowers fresh longer. Louise, you've been checking out the Viagra thing. It seems it's just it, it the job.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. it says researchers discovered that when one milligram of Viagra was placed in two vases of cut roses... The flowers stood up straight without wilting for as long as a week past their natural lifespan. Similar to the drug's effect on male organs, researchers found Viagra slows the breakdown of the same enzyme in flowers.
1: There you go. Mm. I can imagine Josie going into the local chemist to buy Viagra (laughs) and the sales assistant looking at her, or Jim or whoever, and uh, (laughs) the sales assistant thinking... Mmm, it's for me flowers. <laughs> Do you think? The old flower. they'd swallow that? It's for me flowers. It's for me flowers. There you go. Anyway, it does work, Rose. I know you were suspicious. Our Louise has checked it out. It does do the job. It does what it says on the tin. Anyway, time for your number two on bleach Tuesday. Bleach would be cheaper, though. <laughs> yeah, it would. But be careful with the bleach. Jeez, it's an awful thing, bleach. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. get it, don't be careful. Always be careful using bleach. Uh, it's it's a devil altogether. Now, two on Tuesday. And I'm going back, Louise, today to October 2. 2007 and a number two on Tuesday it took it two weeks it entered the charts and within two weeks it was at number two but you won't be surprised when I tell you that it's take that song will you
4: no Believe how many it? number ones had they up to them? Oh,
1: listen number ones debate the band but ironically this song couldn't just push on to the number one spot Let's have a listen to it and then we'll tell you what kept it off, number one. But here it is, our two on Tuesday. Take that and rule the world.
3: You light the skies up above me A star so bright you blind me
1: Yeah close Two on Tuesday, take that and rule the world. Louise, that should have been a number one. Do you you agree with me? That's a good song. Oh, it's a very it good
4: song. Just depends on what the number one was.
1: Well, we're going to find out now, and then you can make a judgment, and everybody can. I, I love that song. Oh, you're right. Just looking there, they had raking number ones, but unfortunately, it never made it to number one in the charts. It was four weeks, Louise, at number two, stuck at number two, and it was stuck at number two for a good reason, because another song went straight to number one. As soon as it was released, it was number one on the charts and stayed there, not for four weeks when Take That battled with it, but for seven weeks in total in 2007. We kept somebody else off oh, number two. Yes, it did indeed. And the song, X Factor. Do you remember X Factor? Mm-hmm. Yes, we all remember X Factor. It was great for the first number of years, but after that went off the boil. Anyway, it was the 2006 X Factor winners
6: to get started visit plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: single that stayed at number one for seven weeks yes Miss Leona Lewis let's have a listen to Bleeding Love you come- Leona Lewis, the song that kept Take That, Rule the World, off number one. Louise.
4: What a voice. I've changed my mind. Yeah, much better song. Yeah. Got like, more life to it, I think. Yeah, Ruled fantastic. The a
1: fantastic song. Fantastic, Leona Lewis. What a voice. Where is she now? What is she doing? I wonder. Is she
4: read, she's a somewhere at the weekend that she's over in America now.
1: Is she? Mm. Is she? Oh, what a talent. Uh, One X Factor 2006, as I said. But that was the big number one of that year. Seven weeks at number one. Yes, I have changed my mind. And uh, there's a listener saying, "Jerry, much prefer Leona Lewis, a brilliant song. Yeah, I'm always... Here to be convinced. To listen, to otherwise, it, you? yeah, you do, you do, and it's it brings been so it back long to since you. I heard it. A long, long time is right. Anyway, there's your two and Tuesday, and the one that kept it off the top spot as well. Anyway, Magella's back to us, Louise. You see that? Hi, Jerry and Louise. It's Magella. Thanks for the tip about the cut flowers. I know why my stems are not standing. All they need is Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Another one there coming in uh about Rashida. Yes, Rashida Keenan, a portrait photographer of the year from her friend Lorraine, the celebrant who says, "Oh, Jerry, well deserved. Uh, I love working closely with her at wedding ceremonies. Huge Congratulations Rashida from Lorraine coming in to you this afternoon. Keep your comments coming to us 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Uh, love to hear from you on the show. If you have anything at all to say give us a shout on late launch. It is early April and things are really taking off on the gardening front. And after the break I'm heading to the Knoll and we're in the garden with Nikki Kyle. Late lunch LMFM radio and in racing parlance they're off I can say yes the gardening year the beginning of April it's a wonderful wonderful time and we've been enjoying absolutely fabulous weather but Nikki Kyle a word of caution.
6: Yeah well you know this time last year sort of first or second week in April we got a whacking frost about minus six um, and we could get the same again because the weather pattern has been very similar this year so just beware and make sure you've got plenty of fleece uh, and just be aware that it, it it may well happen but I mean other than that it's such a great time of year everything's bursting with growth and the birds are singing like mad so you know
1: Now the other thing to say is with the frost daytime as well the temperatures really rise very high so the ventilation you've got to watch it too
6: Absolutely it's terribly important you know keep things as cool as you can during the day I know it sounds silly but you know the temperature can zoom up to sort of Uh, You know, 70 or 80 degrees Fahrenheit, whatever that is centigrade this time of year in the tunnel, about 40 degrees centigrade. Um, you know which is absolutely crazy Um, so we've really got to be very careful uh, and particularly protect seedlings I mean tomato seedlings and things are still too small uh, to be planted out into the beds because at night the temperature can drop and as I say we could get minus six you know and it can be colder in polytunnels so just be aware of that just don't think that oh well in the polytunnel they'll be fine Uh, they won't you've still got to take care really until the end of May.
1: Just with those early veg that you mentioned there, because I have them, I have tomatoes at a fairly good size. I've Mm. potted them on once already, but they're still in relatively small pots. The same with my peppers. Are you better moving them into a a slightly larger pot rather than putting them into the final position?
6: Absolutely, because, you know, you can look after them. They're closer together in pots. You'll, You'll find it much easier to protect them all if there is a frost. Uh, they won't get a check, but do pot them on. Don't let them get starved, because the roots will keep going out. Uh, but if you leave them in the same pot, the roots will go round and round, uh, and then they will, they'll be quite reluctant to go out into the soil when they eventually go out. Just, you know, it's always worth moving things on to, into a bigger pot, particularly with sort of cucumbers and, and uh, courgettes and things, which we'll be sowing uh, this month. I wouldn't sow them till the end of the month, or sweet corn, because they, they're all very fast growers, and they hate a check. And once they start growing, you've got to keep them moving. So that's important. You know, you'll actually do far better with sowing some, with something late in April than you will by sowing something early and then it gets a check.
1: So you're saying to listeners today, for the delicates, the cucumbers you mentioned there, yeah. courgettes, pumpkins, sweet corn, hold off a little.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Wait until the end of April. That's what I do, uh, because then they'll romp away. And they won't get a check at all. And, you know, you won't have to worry about them. Whereas if you sow them early, you've got more stuff to look after to protect from frost. And if they get a check, it won't do them any good at all. So you're much better to keep things moving.
1: What about our famous French bean, our good friend Cobra? Can we put those in now?
6: Well, early to mid-April, I would say. And germinate them on, you know, damp paper kitchen towel like I do. Because that way you can make sure that they're all going to come up. And what I do, too, is I don't put them straight into the soil at this time of year because, again, there's lots of things wanting to eat them. It could be very cold. They may rot. Uh, you're much better doing them in pots. And I use, uh, you know, I recycle my peat-free compost. and use compost that's been used before so that most of the nutrients have gone out of them because most things like um, peas and beans don't like a high-nutrient compost, and they're actually much better at going into something with not a lot of fertilizer or nutrient, and, and you'll find they'll germinate much better.
1: What about the delicate? Can you clarify something for me? Is that a standard pea or is it a sugar? Well,
6: it's, it's a, a, I suppose, a sugar or a mange 2 pea. It's not a flat mange-tu. It's a round, potted mange and it's absolutely delicious. And it's a great little pea because it's about three and a half, four feet tall, I suppose. But if you keep picking it and keep watering it, it'll go on for months. Mine even went on over winter. Uh, a late crop that I sowed last August. Uh, and, you know, it started producing flowers again early in January and February.
1: And is it a pea per se, or do you eat the pod and all, Nikki?
6: You eat, you eat everything. but Don't let them get too big and stringy. They're absolutely delicious. Wait until they're starting to get round and pick them then. Don't pick them when they're flat. They've got no flavour. Um, that's the, the delicate pea. Now, delicata is another one. It's quite confusing because there's a flat-potted one called delicata, but it's not nearly as nice. And that's a monge too when you eat a sort of flat pod. But the round potted delicate is really delicious. Wait until the peas are just starting to get round. And actually, if you do happen to, to let them go over and the pods start to get stringy, you can actually pod them just like ordinary peas and eat them as just peas.
1: Now, it goes without saying, keep the salad oh. crops going in successionally.
6: Absolutely. It just keeps sowing all the time and anything and everything. You know, the, the price of vegetables this year is going to go through the roof, I think. And anything we can grow ourselves, um, you know, we're not going to be April fools. We're going to be winning because we, we can go outside and pick our own supper. I mean, you know, what could be better than that? So, I mean, already, you know, there's sort of shortages of all sorts of things in supermarkets because people are getting really worried about the, situ- the food situation. So, know, yeah, anything we can grow ourselves is better and much fresher and more full of nutrients.
1: On the very delicate side, too early for basil yet? And your tip to buy them in the pots in the supermarket and split them out still well, months? I,
6: I would actually buy a couple of pots in the supermarket now and split them up. Start some off from seed, which will be slower. Um, actually in modules again because they're much, you know, they're much safer in modules. Nothing's going to come along and eat them. Um, and buy a couple of plants and, and split them into to three or four pieces and pop them on and, and keep them warm for a while. And you'll have a good early crop of basil that way. It's a much faster way of doing it.
1: Oh, it certainly is. And parsley similar when you see them in the supermarkets, much easier to get them and split them out than sold them from if seed. If they're
6: small, don't get very big okay. parsley plants because parsley hates being disturbed. Um, and you can't split it up like basil not quite the same way uh, I mean most herbs you can do that with as long as they're not big because they tend to go up and run up to flower straight away when the roots are disturbed if you split them up when the pot's too congested
1: Now slugs love salads what's your uh, advice with the slug population?
6: Well <laughs> Oh, I mean, you know, if if they're going outside, I always raise my plants in modules, as you know, because you've got far bigger plants which are much better able to to withstand the odd nibble or two without sort of keeling over. Um, And then if you're planting out a bed of salads, hopefully you've cleared the bed uh, of slugs already by not letting it get a mess of weeds all over winter. Um, If you have, then put some polythene or something down on the surface and uncover it every day, pick off any slugs, do do with them whatever you like. Um, I snip them up and give them to the birds, they're quite delighted. Um, And then you'll have, you know, a clear run with them for a while. There's always one or two that escape. But what you can do is sink little small pots of, you know, get some really cheap lager or something from the supermarket. And they love that. they go mad for it. And cider. <laughs> and, you know, we don't drink it in this house. That's the only time we ever buy it. Um, and there's a little, uh, you know, little, little paper cups or anything small or even a tin or that you can sink into the side of the bed because uh, I grow and raised beds, and just every sort of three or four feet. Uh, and they'll absolutely go mad for that. But don't make it too uh, deep because um, you get little voles and things occasionally falling in and they can't get out. So mm. you have to be really careful. But, I mean, a, a shallow little dish, and uh, they go mad for that. And once they have a few jars, you know, they can't get out again.
1: <laughs> it's uh, important to think of the other creatures as well, that they <laughs> don't get trapped. It's the yeah. slugs that you actually want. Yeah. Now, the great news is that the totally terrific Tomato Festival is I
6: back. Was just going to mention that. Yep, it's being held uh, at Airfield Estate this year in Dundrum, South Dublin. And it's on August the 27th and the 28th. So get those tomatoes growing now if you haven't before. Um, and there'll be a huge genetic diversity display once again. Uh, competitions, tomato tastings uh, and lots more. Uh, and it'll be a great sort of day out. Uh, to look forward to because there's lots more to see at airfield as well Um, and you can join in and bring some of your own tomatoes if you're growing them to add to the display everyone's welcome Um, and the details will be on, on the totally terrific tomato festival facebook page and also on instagram if you're on that at totally terrific tomatoes
1: and of course Nikki the founder of the festival it gets its blessing as well from Matthew Jeb in the Botanic Gardens who's given a rake of seeds over uh, to he Jane has. Powers yeah. and the people there at the new venue
6: yeah, it's going to be brilliant. I'm so thrilled. And Jane has been absolutely wonderful at keeping it going. Um, well, I've sort of been sidetracked with other things. Uh, and she's working so hard at the moment. Uh, she's sending out seeds to people. If you look uh, on Instagram at, to- at totally terrific tomatoes now, uh, I think there are details about getting free seed. They'll actually send you free seed to grow. So as long as you bring some back to the festival, Mm, it'll be great. Yes, it
1: will. It will, and it's great to see it back. And I will be there, and I hope to have a variety or two. So get sowing those unusual varieties, and you can be represented at the festival come August time. We'll be talking more about that before then. So the message.
6: to be unusual varieties there can be any variety yes. of tomatoes yeah. it's just to show what a wonderful range of tomatoes there are because you know the world eats half its own weight in tomatoes every single year mm. that is a staggering statistic matthew jebb worked that out mm. uh, and you know it, it's an incredibly important crop economically socially and, and for cooking and everything else Um, So, you know, we mustn't lose them. And they could be, as I've always said, there could be one variety out there that has the one gene which could save tomatoes if they were attacked by a disease which nothing could cope with. So that's why it's important to to preserve genetic diversity, particularly in in our food crops.
1: Absolutely. As Nicky said earlier, don't be an April fool. Get sowing. You'll reap (laughs) the benefits sooner than you can think. Thank you so much for joining me again this month. Look forward to our catch-up in May, Nikki.
6: You're welcome. Thanks, Jerry. Happy gardening, everybody.
1: Sinead Burke joins us from time to time on Late Lunch, bringing us her wonderful observations of life. And she's back on the show today. No satellite TV. No bother to our Sinead.
5: Well, as you can imagine, things were getting very tense in the house. Covid had finally caught up with us. And the whole family was on lockdown. But that wasn't the problem. We had bigger trouble than the pandemic. We were on day five of no service on the big television and still four days away from our appointed date with the repairman. Tempers had become as short as our attention spans. We'd rallied as a family over the first couple of days. Sure isn't that what you do in times of crisis? The Christmas board game was taken out and quite literally dusted off. It's both a plus and a minus of Monopoly that a game can last a very long time. This feature was certainly a boon in day one and two. We welcomed the distraction and there was huge novelty in having the four of us spend so much time together. Then, as inevitably as the pieces began to go missing, the fun started to wane a bit. And when I say a bit, I actually mean a lot. Like prisoners on 24-hour lock-up, Even the smallest slights became major incidents. The youngest was caught pilfering money from the bank. Her brother started channelling a Trump-like arrogance when his property empire was doing well. In a bid to avoid playing with our children, myself and Mr Burke took to the household chores with the dedicated mania we only usually unleash when visitors are due. To paraphrase Oprah, we were not being the best version of ourselves. Surely we were hurtling towards either of two scenarios. A special Burke production of Lord of the Flies or the final climactic scenes from The Shining. Something had to be done to save us from ourselves. The answer was YouTube. Our modern first world problem deserved a suitably shallow solution. It was the logical step to go online. And there I found them. Hundreds of them. Short little videos made by men in their garages. Staring into their fixed camera, they explained patiently and knowledgeably the intricacies of how to fix a lost satellite connection, taken into account using a magic eye and, crucially, how to resolve this whole conundrum if you're not using a SCART lead. Click after click, I learned more and more from these cyber experts. I didn't have to wait nine days to get their help. They didn't follow the mansplaining script I'd been subjected to on the official service provider's telephone line. There was no 45-minute wait listening to Greensleeves while a robot told me how important I was to him. These garage gurus wanted to help me. In fact, they came across as only too delighted to be asked. It's possible their own nearest and dearest had become so bored of their forensic knowledge of I.O. links and boxes that that's how they ended up being banished to the garage in the first place. But to me they were heroes. There they sat in their immaculate polo shirts in front of carefully polished dongles, just waiting for a distress call only they could answer. The end of this chapter in the Burke Chronicles is bittersweet while the impressed awe on my two children's faces when Mammy fixed the television cannot be measured. Common sense tells me I will probably never hit that dizzying height in their estimation again. It's done, you can't go any higher after you've reunited them with SpongeBob. However, if, and I only do mean if, anything were to happen to our television service again, either by accident or design, I know a crack team of virtual virtuosos who I can call on. Don't judge me. We all need an ego boost from time to time.
1: Any problems with your satellite TV, Sinead Burke, care of LMFM Radio. Drop us a line and we'll uh, put you in touch. Brilliant, Sinead. Saves the day, mammy, as usual. More from Sinead. And none. I love that message, Louise, from Mark and Kells. Made us giggle. Go on, read it. Go on, go on, you Jerry, read
4: it. I tried putting out some beer for the slugs last evening. I couldn't get a wink of sleep with the singing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's on foot of Nikki's recommendations, that a beer trap is the best way <laughs> to collar the slugs. I didn't know a slug could sing, but there you are. They're very musical over Kelt's Way, Kells Music and Society, and everything else uh, to boot. Now, um... We had a query about coins and financial institutions taking coins uh, from punters like you and I. You know the way you used to have coins around the house and you'd bag them up and you'd bring them down and you'd either lodge them or get notes back for them. There was a lot of um, problems. There were problems with it, naturally, Louise, during the pandemic. You know, the handling mm-hmm. of coins, etc. And hygiene. But we can confirm on the coin front that banks are accepting coins Yes.
4: Yes. Uh, Only full bags, though, and not mixed. So you can't like put into a twenty-five euro bag for one euro coins. You can't put like (laughs) twenty one euro coins and a couple of (laughs) fifties. No.
1: they have to no. be all
4: the one denomination.
1: Yes. And that is the important thing, that the denomination on the bag, say it's 20 euro and 1 euro coins, as Louise says. There must be 20 in there of the 1 euro coins. You can't mix and match the coins in the bags. They won't take them if that's the case. But they will take they will take them across the counter.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I think certain banks, though, might only take them on certain days.
1: Hmm. So you might need to check that you out know, With yeah. your local branch I don't know how it works With credit unions Any word on the credit union We'll, we'll find out With the credit unions as well Are they taking the coins But banks certainly are That's a good point Louise though It may only be on certain days mm-hmm. So you just want to check that out With your it's local just because branch
4: because of the workload I'm sure
1: Well I was in my local branch recently And with one hatch open only Well <clears throat> Is it worth waiting With a bag of coins I don't know I think if we can use the coins,
4: mm, we can't use the one cent though and the two cent, and the banks are still taking them for the time being. Are they? Mm-hmm. Are
1: they not? They're not. They're not accepting any more copper coins. No. Don't,
4: shops don't have rounded kind of. Up, have they? they? Up
1: to five cent.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Ones and twos. Why are we producing them then? Why the hell are they appearing at all? Anyway, that's the story on the coin front. Banks are taking them, and anyone in, I, I mean, we've lots of listeners in credit unions. If you're listening in your credit union, are you taking coins? Do you take coins that are bagged up properly? Let us know, 086-1800-658 or 41 2000 You're to go nowhere in late lunch, because after three, I'm back to my soundtrack, and we hear about the great house revival in Dunleer from Kelly Connor. But on the way to news, weather and sport at three... It's the Timeless Queen and Break Free. Here they are. I want to break free. I want to break free. Local shops love coins. And that's a good point as well. Yes, for change. So your local shops is a good point of reference uh, for exchanging coins too. Thanks uh, for that message. Now, my album soundtrack this week comes from the movie The Jazz Singer, the remake 1980 starring Neil Diamond. And uh, the original soundtrack uh, was released to great success. It was re-released, did you know, in 1996 and again in 2014. Yes, I I have the original at home, I'm sure. It's an album in the attic. And I have the uh, CD as well. Talk about double jobbing. Anyway, as I mentioned yesterday, the review of the movies, uh, there were negative reviews, it has to be said. And earning Diamond the unwanted distinction of winning the first Razzie, For the worst actor at the first Golden Raspberry Awards. Yet the film, as I mentioned, did go on to make a a modest profit. However, it was all about the soundtrack from the jazz singer. It was a huge success. It became Neil Diamond's biggest selling album in the United States, selling over five million copies there and reaching number three in the album's chart. This would mark actually the second time a Neil Diamond soundtrack outperformed the movie it came from, after uh, the previous movie he was involved with, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. What a name for a movie. Anyway, three songs from the album became top ten hits on the Billboard Hot 100 in the States. Love on the Rocks, Hello Again, which I played yesterday, and America. They reached numbers 2, 6, and 8 respectively in the US charts. But today on late launch, I'm going to spin this one, especially for the birthday girl, our Louise. I'm going to chat to her after I play it. Yes, it's from the Jazz Singer soundtrack. Hey Louise! From the jazz singer, my soundtrack featuring this week, Mr Neil Diamond. Hey Louise, did you know that Mr Diamond has been serenading you for years?
4: I've never heard of that song before in my life. Did you not? No.
1: There you go. There you go. Ah, that's nice, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Just uh, give it a spin today, being the day that. me today. <laughs> in a,
4: the name Louise
1: you were just mentioning to me... Yeah, uh, you don't
4: really hear it much, much Louise's anymore. Yes. So I just happened to be in Tesco at the weekend... And this girl came over to help me and she would a name badge on, which I always try and, you know, call the person by their name badge. And I saw oh, Louise. I said, I'm another Louise. There's not many of us left. And literally there was a girl at another checkout and she shouted over, I'm Louise too. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three of us in the same spot.
1: God help us. One of them's a handful, <laughs> two, three is together. And the name is in Christopher.
4: Sign Li- of rain. <laughs> Three <laughs> Louise in one spot. It is
1: a name that you don't hear a lot about anymore. It was of its time. Um, what about songs about the name? Interesting. there aren't many songs about Louise, is there? There's a
4: Hello Louise, isn't there?
1: Is there? Yeah. yeah just, uh, <laughs> I just happened to just come across that as I was doing my little uh, preparations. John for the Lowe soundtrack serenaded this week. me
4: with that one one did day. He? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he did he? Yeah. Could you hear him? <laughs> 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 anyway, we won't go there, but I'll tell you where we'll go next. We're heading to Dunleer in County Louth. The Great House Revival, you may be watching it or may not on RTE. Interesting programme indeed. Hugh Wallace presenting it, wonderful man uh, from Home of the Year. Anyway... We have a home in County Louth that's going to be featured on next week's show. And to tell us more about it, I'm joined next by Kelly Connor. The Great House Revival Sunday RTE1 is into a new season. And this weekend, a home in County Louth is to be featured. And one half of the dynamic duo who are bringing this home back to life is joining me. Kelly Connor, good afternoon.
8: Afternoon, Jerry. How are you?
1: I'm really good. Thanks for taking the call today. Well, 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 there's a story and a half here. Paddy and yourself didn't set out to restore this building by any means.
8: No, no, we were looking to just try to, to, to build a house and put down a, a possible new build. And um, during a site visit, we just kind of, well, myself just kind of looked at this beautiful old mill covered in ivy and took a notion and that was it. <laughs> Here we
1: are. Here you are is right. And just to tell listeners, and you'll find out anyway on Sunday, uh, Paddy's family uh, th- graciously gave you the sight to build the house. and you were looking to build something new. Look, when, when you look at something like that covered in ivy and when you started to pull back the ivy not a window in it, most of it's roof and floors missing. Kelly come on, what possessed you?
8: I know and I think Jerry will look back on Sunday and a lot of people will think we're crazy and there was a lot of people that thought we were crazy at the time. Um I don't know. I just I I just grew up driving by old restored buildings and I just I just fell in love. The minute I walked in I could see the potential. Paddy on the other hand, you'll probably see, didn't share my views mm. but just you know, he went he went along and he said, Okay, you know, I trust you, let's let's go for this. So yeah, it was it was hard to envision. A lot of people didn't get my the vision I was looking for. So um But I just, I just, I knew I could see myself, I could see us living there, I could see it being a home and um, yeah, you'll have to tune in and see.
3: Oh,
1: tune (laughs) in and see is right. And and this all happening in the context of COVID-19 lockdowns. And is it true that really your mortgage offer was on the line because you decided to go this way?
8: It was, yeah, it was, it was, look, it was very stressful. And um, we started uh, the build in January 2020. The filament started just in February and then boom, COVID hit in March. And we were at the stage where we had one drawdown and the bank was reluctant to give us any more. You know, uh, Paddy went on the pop like a lot of the country and I went on a reduced wages due to the, the company I work for. We mm. were closed. And um, it was it was a very, very stressful time. It was just the unknown and look, you'll see you'll see on Sunday how we, we <laughs> navigated all this so it was
1: it was a journey. Mm, are you done and dusted at this stage practically Jerry, yeah, yeah. We've a
8: lot a, a, a few bits to do if you i mean if you drive by the house there, you'll see a bit of scaffolding still up mm. there's a few bits to still do with the good weather. we had to stop there. we moved in October and we just had to stop with, with the old building. It needs to be pointed in lime and stuff and it needs to pick up again this summer. So, apart from that and the garden, which I'll probably need another mortgage for, because <laughs> we're, do- we're as done as we can be inside, yeah.
1: Ah, listen, that, that'll that take its uh, own life and course, in in due course. But besides everything else, there was a pregnancy and births and the mammies on boats. Oh, you can't beat the Irish mammies when you need to dig out, can you?
8: Oh, they were just my mother-in-law and my mom and my dad and our father-in-law. My father-in-law, they were just unbelievable. Like, you know, we had an awful lot of help from them. They were just brilliant. They 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 let us stay in their homes. They looked after our baby. I was in painting, in Jerry on my maternity leave. My my mom and and uh, Orla, my mother-in-law, would have had the baby. And like we we literally started filming, and we found out that I was pregnant, which was great. So. Um, you know, COVID hit, didn't think we'd be any way, in shape or form, living with either parent bringing a new baby into the world. But look, it happened, that's our journey and looking back now, it's just we're so so grateful to have those four Mm. people in our lives
1: they're just amazing ah listen family is everything that's for sure when you've great people around you it really is uh, wonderful and you've experienced that by the spadeful now the cameras came and went of course during the course of uh, this huge operation what about you know overseeing the work and that how much hands-on were you and paddy or did you engage somebody you know to take charge of that for you
8: Yes, yeah, so look, I, I had an absolute gentleman called John Hanrahi from Cullen there uh, over in Loud and he was our main contractor and Jerry, he shared our vision. He was crazy about the building. You know, a lot of people told John he was crazy to touch it. He was unbelievable. We owe that man an awful lot to get us to where we were today. He was fearless. He was just absolutely brilliant and I worked very, very closely with him. There wasn't a day that went by where he didn't keep me updated um, it was, you know, I suppose he he took a risk as well as we did. Mm. Um, the three of us were in it together, so mm. yeah. Look, I can't, I cannot thank him enough. He he was very, very brave in what he did, yes. and um, it was it was comfort for me and, and Paddy to know that we'd somebody there in our corner, like you know, overseeing this whole thing and taking a lot of the stress away as well yes. so yes. yeah I owe, owe a lot to John Henry he was
1: well amazing. done well done John and the glowing words there he'll be in on David with contracts from this and <laughs> this he, he owes you for that for sure <laughs> uh, Kelly <laughs> but uh, oh. you you know uh, the building old building old structure you know to adapt to a modern era you know I don't have to tell you going forward we're looking at a greener environment and incorporating the new technologies in I take it the stone structure no Number one stood up to the test. It had to before you moved on from uh, point A.
8: Yeah, and look, it's it's a testament to the way buildings were built many years ago. It was in great condition. There was there was the majority part of the house now it was just the way they built them, Jerry. It was just exceptional. Mm. Um, we we a great structure there. Like we were worried. Like we did take an awful risk um it, it paid off. I mean, we didn't have to repoint that building or anything. This, it was just built, amazing, it's just built amazingly. Yeah, mm. and you could really, really see in it. It's an art. It's just, and we we did our best. We 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 kept the mill exactly the way it was, the way we found it. The windows, the openings, most most of the openings were kept in the original format. So we just wanted to respect the building and. I feel like it's just a beautiful building and if you change it in any shape or form you're just doing it in justice
1: well done to you you know to preserve for posterity something that lay there for years covered in ivy that nobody uh, really paid much attention to but ye spotted the potential in it and with John you've delivered something really really special so are you in are you moved in we are. Ah, oh, good on you. And, 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 and even exceeding expectations, much even uh, greater than you ever thought it would feel to live in the place. Yeah, look,
8: absolutely. It's it's a pinch me kind of moment yeah. every once in a while. I think me and Paddy look at each other and think, like, wow, this is our home. And, you know, it's it's paid off. And thankfully, you know, it's, it's, it's ours and it's in his family. And, my father-in-law in particular is just absolutely chuffed when he walks down those fields and walks by and sees that this, you know, in his childhood. And my own father, my own dad, Dermot, like, and his brother Bobby were like, we used to play in there as kids. And yeah. it's, just, it's just the history behind it. Mm. And to, to be able to look at it now and say, like, you know, that's our home and we can hand that down to please God. Car, are we baby? And because um, they'll be there for generations to come because it's so sturdy now, and yeah, just, it is amazing. We do have pinch me moments, and we're very, very proud.
1: It's a grand design for sure. I'm stealing from Channel 4, but Kevin won't <laughs> mind that I say this about you anyway. Sunday evening, folks, don't miss it. The great house revival featuring Kelly and Paddy Connor and their new beautiful home in Dunlear. Do tune in, and you'll see for yourself how the project progressed to today well there'll be plenty of haircuts to be done and plenty of people to be put through the ropes in the gym That's it. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> anyway it. i admire you both so much i really do fair juice to you for young people you've done something really special as i say for posterity health to wear enjoy your lives in it and nice. we look forward to seeing the show on rt on sunday evening
8: We appreciate that. Thanks a million.
1: Take care of yourself. Bye bye, Kelly. That's Kelly Connor there and congratulations to Kelly and husband Paddy as well. And of course, their daughter, Cara. Anyway, that's a lot on Late Lunch for this Tuesday afternoon. Midweek Late Lunch tomorrow who have I on the show when I just flick me pages along here oh my god almighty my head's lost I know where I am Monica McGann is with me on Late Lunch tomorrow about Pete Lance we'll also be talking to Dr Kate McCann our doctor is with us tomorrow and it's all about alcohol consumption and the hangover and of course back to my soundtrack from the jazz singer and more besides Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive this Tuesday evening have a good evening stay with us here on LMFM Radio and we'll see you for Wednesday's late lunch from one thirty. Bye.
0: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, draw it out to and Cabin. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arkana. Guaranteed delivery, low rate APR finance, and forty-eight hour test drive. Exclusively at Blackstone Motors. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.